Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to catch up with what we're doing, you can get our SMS text updates, ladies and gentlemen. And you can do that by simply texting the letters CSPOA to 53445. Again, text the letters CSPOA to 53445. And then you'll be on our text list to keep up with what's going on. Welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump has lost his marbles. He's uh, fallen off the bandwagon. He's off his rock, whatever term you want to use for that. We'll get into that. I got some interesting gun facts to bring to your attention as well during the broadcast today. But for now, the good sheriff. Welcome back, sir. Sheriff Mack. Thank, thank you much, Sam. It's great to be back with you this beautiful Tuesday morning. And uh, election day in Georgia, the big runoff. Wow. Yeah, the fraud off is what's really happening. Yeah, the fraud off. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I do have another quote from the Mac Prince. The only decision in history where sheriffs beat the federal government and won at the United States Supreme Court. Are you ready for that? Do we need to call it the Mac Smackdown. Is that what we should start calling it? The yeah, Smack probably case. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll call Sheriff Prince and get his permission to do that. Here we go. Folks, this is this is a little bit longer than normal. I, I could have done two quotes out of this, but it it bears uh the first part really supports the second part. So here it goes. The great innovation of this design, talking about our constitution, was that our citizens would have two political capacities, one state and one federal each protected from incursion by the other. We've talked about that a lot, Sam, over the years. If if the states are uh, abusing their citizens, then yes, the federal government has the responsibility to, to step in and correct it. Same with the states. The states have the obligation and duty to do that to the federal government if they're abusing their citizens. Man, oh man, do we need that today. Now, Scalia goes on. A legal system unprecedented in form and design, establishing two orders of government, each with its own direct relationship, its own privity, its own set of mutual rights and obligations to the people who sustain it and are governed by it. Sam, there are let me, two. Let me stop you there and say that's the counterpart to the to the Declaration of Independence, which says they derive their just yes. power from the consent of the governed. He mirrors that yes. on this side of the equation, Sheriff. It, it does. I'm glad you brought that up because it is uh, such a reinforcement of our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution itself. And Scalia is taking us through what he even said would be a historical understanding. Not new laws, but historical understanding. This is the most amazing case. You would think that there would be sheriffs that would put these these documents of the Supreme Court case out in display at their own office, as Sheriff Clinton has done. <laughs> wow, you got to dig it. 
<laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is the quintessential understanding. Remember, not only do they mirror each other, as I mentioned, the Declaration of Independence and the statements from Anthony Scalia in the Sheriff Max Smackdown against Bill Clinton in the Supreme Court. But remember, not only were these um, like-minded in understanding, but they were a couple of hundred years apart, Sheriff. The Declaration of Independence preceded our United States Constitution. But this is a modern court case in our day that mirrors that understanding in the traditions of our founders. That cannot be overlooked either. No, you're right. And that's it's so fundamental. And that's why we always uh, do a quote from uh, Scalia's decision on this is because it is so fundamental. It is so uh, hard of the foundation of America. And I, I just absolutely love what he did here uh, in not coming up with anything new, but simply reinforcing American history to support this uh, battle between the sheriffs and the federal government. It's almost as if the Declaration of Independence and your Supreme Court 10th Amendment win are bookends to the fundamental understanding that there are dual sovereignties, that there is unique delegated authority via the contract, the general government with its contract limited and defined, then the states with a broader contract, the state constitutions, more broad in their understanding. Incredible quotes, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to get a copy of the Supreme Court case, it is available for a couple of bucks on our website. Do two things. One, get a get a case of those and pass them out. Number two, become a possible member today at the sheriff's or at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association website, cspoa.org. And with that, do you want to introduce our guest, Sheriff? Man, do we have a stalwart uh, from Texas. And Sam, as we have said, uh, the sheriffs in Texas are on fire. And we have one of those uh, burning sheriffs right now. <laughs> Sheriff R.C. Uh, Cutter Clinton, Sheriff Clinton, from Panola County, Texas, Sheriff Clinton, welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show with Sam Bushman and yours truly. Thank you for having me, Sheriff Mack, and Sam, good to see you as well. Thank you, brother. I now, went Sheriff to the Sheriff's Clinton. website, uh, Sheriff Mack, Wait, and here's what ahead. I saw. It says yeah. this. I am an experienced Texas lawman, and I want to serve you as sheriff of your county. Serve, protect, defend. Think about the language he uses coming out of the gate, Sheriff. Yeah, the uh, motto for the CSPOA, uphold and defend, protect and preserve. Uh, man, and uh, protect and serve, sorry. Uh, man, uh, uh, Sheriff Clinton, you've been to about three or four of our uh, national uh, press conferences, seminars, conventions, and it, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. And more importantly, thanks for the work you do uh, in preserving the United States Constitution. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for acknowledging, Sheriff Mack, but uh, no thanks are, are needed. That is the oath that I swore, and I thank you uh, and the CSPOA team for uh, doing y'all's part on, on educating uh, peace officers and sheriffs and um, spelling these things out because I think uh, um, it's there's not a... Uh, big enough emphasis placed on our oath and our uh, our local autonomy um, that is mm -hmm. completely legal. Now, what so meeting did you first attend with us? What, what, what meeting, what seminar conference did you first attend? So I actually, um, a friend of mine, and I, and I just, you know, I, and I, I 
believe I've shared with you in the in the past. Uh, a friend of mine who is the chief deputy of a, another sheriff's office that I used to work at, um, we were discussing a lot of things about uh, during the COVID time of 2020 and uh, our role in law enforcement. And uh, he said, uh, the county sheriff is America's last hope. Now, I was uh, working as an investigator uh, for a sheriff's office at that time. And um, I, my friend is very smart, but I didn't think he came up with that. So I got on a uh, search engine on the Internet and I Googled that or I used DuckDuckGo rather. And I come upon your books and uh, got a copy copies of the books, started reading them. It made a lot of sense to me. Uh, and then there was an event hosted in uh, the Woodlands, just north of Houston, Texas, and I made the uh, drive to it. I took a couple vacation days and made the drive to it and attended that. And uh, I was moved. I was really moved. You know, Sheriff Hargrove out of Houston County, Texas, had a Crockett. Uh, I think he described it best, saying it felt like a constitutional revival. Uh, and that certainly resonates with me, but that was the first one I attended. It didn't feel like one, Sheriff. It was one. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> yeah, it, it, it was and it still is uh, exactly what we do. We are trying to revive the Constitution because it has been trampled upon by so many people in Washington, D.C. and across our country. People who, are, who have sworn that oath that you were talking about are supposed to be preserving this constitution for the American people, and they're doing just the opposite. That's why we need sheriffs like you uh, that will be standing uh, for the constitution and or for the principles of liberty uh, that America was founded upon. So we thank you so much, sir, uh, for uh, your dedication. Uh, yes, you attended one of the best conferences we've ever had, and, and uh, the spirit of liberty was in that room that day in, in the woodlands. So, uh, so, and sure, uh, Matt, where sometimes is, it seems like our conferences are, are much simpler than that, too. I don't want people to think they're complicated yeah. and hard to learn. Uh, you know, we no. do walk people through some very fundamental, basic constitutional realities. Um, on one hand, yeah. it's a spiritual revival to turn to God. On the other hand, it's an educational reality about the separation of powers and the proper role of limited constitutional government and to teach sheriffs and others to, to not live beneath their authority, but to stand up with their authority. It's all about life, liberty, and property for the people. That's the proper role of government and the necessity there. But it's also kind of simple, though. It's kind of redneck, though. It's a little bit like the cable guy. If he were to talk about the conference, he'd be like, get her done. Kind of like that, mm -hmm. Sheriff. We yeah. want him to get it done. Get her done. Get the Constitution yeah. done. Live up to it. Understand it. Do your job. Get her done. Right? It's it's almost that simple in a way, isn't it? Are you are you speaking to me, Sam? I... Sheriff Clinton, then Mac. How's that? Yeah, absolutely. The conference. It was not. Um, it, it was. It was. It was layman's terms and broken down and. Uh, it was easy to understand for sure. Yes, sir. Sheriff Mack? Well, well, and I, and I think that, uh, I think that's the simplicity of the Constitution itself. There's a couple, of, there's a couple of complicated things here and there, like the Ninth Amendment, uh, gets a little bit wordy, uh, with some, uh, big, you know, big words that you, you might have to look up. But at the same time, after, after the light comes on as, Sheriff Hardgrove said, and Sheriff Williams also from Coryell County, uh, then it goes, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I get that. But, you know, it's not hard to see, you know, 
the Constitution where in the Bill of Rights it says shall not be infringed. Uh, you know, that's pretty plain and simple English. And yet uh, courts and politicians all across this country don't get that. Uh, and Congress shall make no law uh, respecting an establishment of religion. Well, then they can't what they can't do is form a bureaucracy that does make rules and laws uh, against uh, the freedom of religion, i.e. the IRS, making regulations uh, about churches, what they can say and what they can't say, or they're not a 501c3. The, the IRS has no business at all, has no authority over churches whatsoever. And that we well, have accepted that. Well, it has no that. authority to exist in the first place, Sheriff. Well, of course. Yes, of course. And so that's where we need sheriffs to come in and, and protect people from IRS tyranny and abuse and th that of just about every other uh, bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. violates the rights of the, of the people with impunity. And that's where the counties and the states must step in, just as my Supreme Court set, uh, case advises. All right. I want to talk about Donald Trump here for a second because Donald Trump got rebuked on all sides for his call to terminate the Constitution over the 2020 election results. He made the claim last weekend on his Truth social media platform, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and here's what he said. A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allowed for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution, Trump wrote. Now, Trump says that he was uh, mischaracterized by the deep state, by the uh, fake news, etc. I have one shout-out to President, former President Donald Trump. Why don't you come on the Sheriff Mack Show? You'll, we'll give you all hour to clarify, sir. But I'm telling you right now, I could never vote for a guy who says things like that, misunderstood or not. I don't see how it's misunderstood. That's a quote from what he wrote. Um, Joel Skousen basically says this about it. They will not allow Trump to win in 2024. He is a poor judge of character. The people he surrounds himself with, these gaffes or these missteps. Sheriff, I don't know how we misinterpret this, but I'll give Donald Trump an hour to clarify if he wants right here on Bridie on TV. Uh, but I, I want your response to it. And then uh, uh, Cutter Clinton, Sheriff can respond, and then I'll respond. Sheriff Mack? Well, this is, you know, the first thing I want to ask is what part of the Constitution does he think uh, protects uh, election fraud? Uh, I don't get okay, that. Yeah. And and so, quite honestly, he will, he, he it's, it's the Constitution that is his saving grace. The Constitution, uh, he is absolutely, he was absolutely correct about one thing. The founding fathers would be totally against election fraud. And the thing Amen. is, the right. constitutional rights of, of equal protection under the law uh, are, are there to protect him. And I, I would be very curious to, to have him say, and yes, we invite you, President Trump, to come on the show and explain the whole thing. But I would be very curious to know what you're talking about, what part of the Constitution is a problem that you think protects election fraud. No, I don't think so. Amen. Sheriff Cutter Clinton? Yeah, well, I, and I can say this firsthand. Um, there are just, you know, just like any other profession, uh, mine as a, as a peace officer included, 
Um, you have those that are, uh, act with integrity and, um, but there, it's certainly prevalent. And I think Sheriff Mack could absolutely agree that, uh, media oftentimes will mischaracterize, uh, leaders. Uh, so that's, uh, that may be more benefit of the doubt than, uh, you, Sam, or others might feel with that, but I can say firsthand that does happen. Uh, but I think if you make a claim, um, somehow undermining, uh, our God given inalienable rights, then, uh, you really, you really need to explain that. Um, I know that when, uh, President Joe Biden said, what was it something to the effect of, uh, no rights or absolute? I just, I, I really couldn't believe I was hearing something like that. It's, it's truly unbelievable. But I agree That's with you in point. front of the media, and when you write things and when you say things, uh, you know, you can get all sideways. There's no question about that. I remember back when George Bush was surprised at how scanners at the grocery store works or when Dan Quayle made a mistake and spelled something wrong or whatever. These things can happen. I get it. But let me tell you why I want Donald Trump to come on the TV with us and talk about this. Because rather than complaining about election fraud, if we're going to talk about election fraud from the FBI – uh, an unconstitutional criminal organization, uh, or the Homeland Security created by Republicans, or any of these agencies, and you want to stop the fraud at that level, Donald Trump. Let me explain to you what you do. You go to CSPOA.org. You spend two bucks. If you need me to lend you the money, I can do it, sir. I know you've been running around begging for money, too. Uh, but if you need two bucks, <laughs> then you can buy this um a uh, Supreme Court decision from Sheriff Mack, the greatest 10th Amendment decision ever rendered in American history. And or you can kick Trump. the feds right out of every state election in the country immediately. And you should spend your time touting that Supreme Court case all across the land. The dual sovereignty that Antonin Scalia speaks of kicks the general government completely out of elections that were meant to be ran by the local municipalities by the um, precincts, uh, and by the states, and the general government literally has no authority here. Now, you can say, well, Sam, they've made modern edicts from on high in Congress. No, 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 no. They've crossed their legal jurisdictional boundaries, and they should be shut down. And Trump, rather than yeeting the Constitution like they would yeet babies in the womb, your best bet is to embrace Sheriff Max win uh, because you can teach the nation how to get the feds out of their lives. There's no better plan. When you look at the Declaration of Independence, the one bookend a couple of hundred years ago, and you look at this Supreme Court case decision, um, you begin to understand. It's clear. Antonin Scalia knew it. Sheriff Mack knew it. The founders in the Declaration of Independence knew it. You just got to put the current bureaucrats on notice because they don't know it, Donald. And we need your help, sir. This is not an attack on you. It's more of a clarification. Let's get you on TV. Let's clarify. And let's arm you with the knowledge that can make the difference. Sheriff Mack? Amen. I think uh, Sheriff Clinton had something to add. Go ahead, Sheriff. Sheriff? I was just, when you were talking about President Trump, uh, where he could find the uh, uh, Mack Prince case, uh, I've uh, I've got them here in my office available to anybody that uh, darkens the door of my office. And so, uh, tell him to pick one up at Sheriff Clinton's office. In fact, I, I love that picture you sent. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to try and to, by the way, I'm try you to can get your that. picture taken with Sheriff Cutter Clinton while you're at it, Donald. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Now I, let me say this politically. Uh, if, if, 
if Donald Trump wins the Republican primary, I will be supporting him 100%. I won't. <laughs> Just I know. Unless I get absolute clarification on this constitutional point. Well, if we can get because him on the show, that would be great. Amen. But well, when you swore an oath to uphold that for four years and then you say that, I am yeah. just shook. Over well, this. we'll give him a chance to explain it. Go ahead, Sheriff. Oh, I, 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 I said I think that's fair, Sam. I think uh, uh, statement said, uh, um, I guess just just that bold out there or that that. Uh, um, Undermining of our of our rights are definitely worth an explanation. All right, Joel Skousen in his World Affairs Brief uh, had a end of year uh, conference where he spoke and told us what he thought. But he pointed out this interesting phrase that I think applies to President Trump here: "Conscience is the only way to corrupt corruption of judgment." You got to have a conscience. You got to come out and don't just say I was misunderstood. Let's talk about it and explain it. And if you do it right. President Trump, I submit to you, yeah. you could use that Supreme Court case all the way to the White House. Just admit I was wrong. I misspoke. Uh, it might have been that I, I didn't have a chance to kind of clarify myself. I'm so sorry. Uh, first, an apology would make sense. Secondly, then just grab this Supreme Court case and use it all the way to the election. You've got, what, two years to get that done? What, a year and a half? How long is it, Sheriff? I'd say he has about a year. Before he really gets going right. in that. But yeah, that's absolutely true, Sam. And, uh, but I will say this of all the people who have been attacking, uh, Trump, uh, I don't agree with the, the FBI raid. Uh, I think most, uh, everything that's been happening to him being impeached twice, even impeached after he left office, that, that is absolutely insane. And the, the anti Trump stuff is just too insane for me. We got two great sheriffs on your TV, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned because I'm going to drill down and talk about killer robots in San Francisco. And then how many raids take place in America today compared to yesteryear on Brighteon TV. The Kelly Key easily converts your AR rifle to bolt action, allowing you to keep the rifle you love in assault weapon jurisdictions. The Kelly Key is a true fast drop-in solution. No permanent changes to your rifle. Import, transport, own, and have fun with your AR. Why the Kelly Key? Because a bolt action is not an assault weapon. Stay future-ready from gun bans with the Kelly Key. The Kelly Key also lets you quickly and easily build your ideal hunting rifle, lets you build a quiet suppressed rifle, and benefits your long-range precision shooting. Available now at KellyKey.com with free shipping. America, 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 this is the place you want to be. Brighty on TV, they offer the truth. You know, the truth will set you free. That's the bottom line. And so evil operates in darkness. The truth is the light. So come to Brighty on TV. My name is Bo Holmey. I do interviews with them regularly. This is an amazing channel. They've done amazing work. Come to Brighty on TV and listen to the truth. If you don't want to eat GMOs and pesticides in your storable food, choose organic, lab-tested, storable food solutions from the Health Ranger Store. We are the only emergency food manufacturer in the world that subjects each of our ingredients to rigorous laboratory testing that covers herbicides, heavy metals, aflatoxins, identity testing, and bacteria tests, including E. coli, salmonella, yeast, and mold. At healthrangerstore.com, you'll find certified organic, lab-tested, freeze-dried fruits, microalgae superfoods, 
protein powders, and supplements. We offer emergency first aid colloidal silver products made with Texas rainwater. And our Ranger buckets feature an impressive assortment of organic storable food items, professionally vacuum sealed in heavy-duty bags that are stacked in rugged buckets for long-term storage. Check out our preparedness foods, supplements, personal care, and emergency first aid products at healthrangersstore.com. Back with you live on the Sheriff Mack Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Sheriff Cutter Clinton with us and Sheriff Richard Mack and yours truly. Make way for the killer robots. The government is expanding its power to kill. John and Nisha Whitehead, our dear friends, wrote that article. And in that article, they highlight that in 1980, there were roughly 3,000 SWAT team-style raids in the United States. In 2014, there were more than 80 thousand and now it's predicted to be more than a hundred and twenty thousand and now they're thinking about literally using killer robots one robot can load ammunition into a shotgun and another robot can hold the gun ready to fire uh sheriff cutter clinton we know you got to fly but before that i want you to answer that question um is this going to be happening in your county anytime soon sir <laughs> not in a million years not in a million not as long as i'm sure not as long as i'm sure i uh of course i i'm not I'm not familiar, uh, with that article, uh, or, or those policies that are going to play, but you know, it, I, I don't really look to California to ever be my guiding principles on anything. Uh, <laughs> now sure. as far as, uh, increase in our tactical teams, uh, I'd have to say tactical thing, tactical teams, they are a good thing. Uh, just like the police, law enforcement is a good and necessary thing. It just needs to be mm-hmm. properly used. Uh, Sheriff Mack wrote a, uh, a great little book called The Proper Role of Law Enforcement. Um, and so I would absolutely advocate that tactical teams are necessary. It is just, they have to be used constitutionally. Um, and if they're Amen not, then they're, but, uh, uh, I would I would argue that no government action is appropriate unless it's unless it's constitutional. Amen I, to um, that, Sheriff. Can I give you a parting shot as you take off? If gun please. control laws actually worked, Chicago would be Mayberry. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, I as far as being a, I, I've heard Sheriff Mack actually talk about this myself, and it was one of the um, just one of the many details that 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 made me a. a follower of the CSPOA, uh, Sheriff Max is, he's pretty open about it. He's, he's not a gun nut. He's not really a gun guy. Uh, he says he looks at guns as a tool, uh, and, uh, and, a, and a right. And I really do too. I'm not, I'm not a, a firearms ballistics expert. Um, but I'm ready to die to defend my fellow Americans right to carry that. Uh, and, and all of, uh, Amen. all of our deputies sheriff's office are. Amen. Uh, but I am leaving, so I am within my first few weeks of being in office. Um, and uh, when uh, Sheriff Max said, here's a sheriff that is burning, uh, absolutely on fire for the Constitution, but absolutely cooking with peanut oil here on everything that we're implementing here at the Panola County Sheriff's Office. And uh, I have just things that I've got to tend to today. God bless you, sir. Thanks so much. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Thanks, our sheriff. guest, Panola County, Texas Sheriff Cutter 
Clinton doing a phenomenal job. And he brought up something that I want you to continue on, Sheriff Mack, this idea that, hey, you know what? These teams are really not the problem. The problem is everything we do must be constitutional. And if we obey the Constitution, there's nothing wrong with these teams. He brings up a, a very good highlighted reality check for us all, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And and I like how he phrased that. He I think he described it very well. And uh, this is uh, obvious, uh, a constitutional sheriff. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if more people are going to be moving to uh, his county, Sheriff Williams County, Sheriff Hargroves County. And there's there's quite a few now in Texas that are taking the Constitution very seriously and its enforcement within their counties. We love the example that Sheriff Clinton uh, set the, the last half hour uh, for all of America, for all the Brighty on TV audience. And uh, folks, uh, what's what we've been doing at the CSPOA is working. It is, I believe, the only... A peaceful and effective solution that remains uh, to the American people. It is the only one left. And, and so, folks, uh, go to CSPOA.org, become a member of the uh, posse, the Sheriff Mac posse, the CSPOA posse, and be part of the solution and, and focus on taking back America one county at a time. Amen to that. And I'll be running the posse today. The sheriff's got a bunch of things to do. So we'll see you in the posse, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who sign up at CSPOA.org. So Sheriff Mac, make way for the killer robots. They talk about these 3000 plus raids in, um, you know, 1980. And then they talk about in 2014, it was 80,000 and now it's 120,000. It's out of control, sir. Yeah, it is out of control. And, and I think some law enforcement would say, well, Crime is out of control. Well, yeah, it is. But you need to look at the uh, originations of those criminal act episodes. Uh, for instance, uh, d- did you see the video, Sam, just a couple of days ago that Apple Store was being robbed right in broad daylight in front of all the customers and all the workers? And the workers were uh, looking at each other. Should we try to stop them? It looked like there was only two people doing it. Two thugs going through the store, grabbing everything they wanted in front of people, and people were looking at each other, should we stop them? Of course you should stop them. Uh, Absolutely. You know what you're doing by standing there doing nothing? You're emboldening everybody else to do the same thing. All the other crooks, they look at these things going on TV. Well, hell, nobody's going to stop us. Let's go do the same thing. Folks, it's a problem with the, with the liberal policies and liberal judges and liberal county attorneys uh, and prosecutors uh, in New York, Chicago, San Francisco. Don't get killer rob- robots. Enforce the law. Enforce the law, San Francisco. Well, and the American people have a role to play here. In New York, there was a guy that was yeah, just on the uh, subway or whatever, and this guy uh, had a knife and he cut up slashed this older gentleman and the witnesses just stood by gawking instead of helping. And I'm just telling you right now, five people could rush the guy with a knife and yes, yeah, somebody might get cut a little bit, but you know what? We have got to take action and stop. And I would go back to the nine 11 instance when, you know what? The uh, people who took over the plane, yeah, they crashed and died. And I'm sad about that, but you know what? 
many people lived as a result of their actions. And we find with shooters or with people Amen. with knives or any time we stop the thugs, we do well in action or running from the, the, the situation is the last thing you should do. Uh, you know what? Look around, and, the, and the, if you uh, feel like, hey, you're the toughest person there, the person that might get the job done, do your best. If there's somebody else, you know what? Make eye contact with them quickly and take action. Uh, I know that they used to say don't do that because you'll get hurt or killed. I understand all that, but I'm telling you right now, more people get hurt and killed when you don't. We see it time and time and time again. And let me give you another example to make the point. Here's your new Rosa Parks story, Sheriff Mack. An 82-year-old black woman in Valley City, Alabama, got arrested. You know what her crime was? An unpaid $77 trash bill, Sheriff. Martha she paid her Manfield, That's correct, sir. Her garbage collection bill she hadn't paid yet, so they came and arrested her. Roger that. 77 oh, measly my. dollars. Her name is Martha Minafield. And she was handcuffed and briefly taken to jail. The cop leaned in and said, don't cry, Grandma. And she responded, if your grandma was arrested, you'd be crying. Stop it. Uh, folks, this is what I'm talking about. This is out of control. Why on earth do we let robberies, criminal activity, knifings, shootings, we let those things go, murdering of babies, election fraud, and then we go and arrest Grandma? Sheriff. Yes, Sam. I want to get her on the Sheriff Mac show. Let's let's contact her and see if she would like to talk about that. Because there's I'll another one can, that just happened. Insanity, man. Uh, well, I know, and and this insanity has got to be exposed. Because uh, unless unless they went to court and they said, uh, okay, now she's not going to pay her bill, and they went to uh, get a a a warrant, well. It's not even a warrant. It's a decision in civil court where she lost, and they can now go to her residence and take enough property or or take some money out of her bank account uh, and pay the bill. But to arrest her, th- that wouldn't come for a qu- several months later uh, unless Sheriff, they were not able happened, though? to pay it. I say no matter whether she's able to pay it or not, you shouldn't be arresting people over civil issues. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. They can go, they can go and collect what she owes after it's been to civil court, but getting to a point of arrest is no way, no way. But you know what happened? Now that this story went viral, people are literally livid about the story to the point where a ton of people came and said, we'll pay the fine. You know what the government said? No, you can't pay it. You cannot pay it until after the court case in January. Have you lost your <laughs> minds, ladies and gentlemen? Why not let the American people love their neighbor as the as the good Lord taught us? Why don't they pay this bill, dismiss the case, apologize to her? But this is an example where, in my opinion, where on earth is the sheriff? He should be interposing here and saying, look, has she had her due process? If there's a court date coming up, obviously not. Okay, so all I'm saying is arrest her. What good does that do? What does that accomplish except for just get the people to hate government, Sheriff? Right. You don't need to arrest right. Grandma yeah. before her court date, do you? It, it, it makes So the it, story finishes. Before you respond, the story finishes and says okay, go ahead. law enforcement personnel have their option 
for discretion. Discretion. They can choose as they will in this case. Now, why? Remember, they beat you and I up over saying that sheriffs and police officers have discretion. Now they admit it in this article about grandma. Sheriff? Yeah, finally. Yeah. And discretion is the key word here. If he has discretion, then why did he arrest her? And, and knowing full well that this, the sheriff, the, yes, he needs to be involved, but the deputies need to be trained on this and, and instructed a little bit better than this. And, and, uh, was it a deputy sheriff or was it a city police officer? That might be one question. I think it was a city police officer and there's where the appointed mandates and all that come from. But sheriff, we need to teach police Mm -hmm. officers too to stand up. If somebody says to me and I'm a lawman uh, of any kind, I'm going to say, you know what, sir, I am not arresting grandma for court dates coming up. I'm just not doing that. No. And, and, uh, even after the court date, you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and not only that, Agreed. What, what if, what if she's on public assistance? What if she is, you know, uh, then, then you have a poverty issue here where that needs to be addressed before you haul somebody off to jail. Uh, this is, this is really poor police work. It's, it shows poor training, uh, and it shows poor leadership. And, and Sam, I, I think we need to go to that town and have a CSPOA, uh, constitutional seminar. I, right in that place, right in that town. And, and, and invite this that. good woman, uh, invite this good woman to come and, 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 uh, address the crowd and then, uh, have our normal, uh, one day seminar there for the public and for the police and sheriff's office. Uh, this, this is just another sign, Sam that the training in this country for law enforcement is lacking. And I've said that every time there's one of these incidents that occurs in this country. They happen too often. And I I will uh, disagree a little bit with Sheriff Clark. And that is police training is the problem that causes these. And we need to, and we have far too many of these incidents where police officers are not following the law. And they certainly aren't following their oath of office. I would love to see Sheriff Clark discuss the oath of office and the Constitution a lot more with these problems that we have with our nation's law enforcement. Yeah, so we got the lack of good training, the lack of de-escalation training, the lack of due process and understanding the proper role of government. And we've got a lot of bad training, which is I'm the cop, sit down, shut up, I'm in charge here. Now, I get that the police officer sometimes needs to establish that he's in charge. But there's a way to disarm people um, in a polite way uh, and, and, and gain respect versus, I mean, your face all the time. But I want to discuss for a second, Sheriff, because I don't understand the difference between civil and criminal law. Actually, I thought I did. But when I see these kinds of things for a civil matter, this poor grandma gets arrested. I think we're blurring mm-hmm. civil and criminal law here. We're treating her like a criminal, Sheriff. Yeah. Well, we have, and I have said this ever since uh, uh, Arizona made traffic laws civil. You can't get government involved in a situation and they say, oh, well, that's a civil matter. If government is taking action, it is not a civil matter, okay? Yes, uh, police can serve civil papers that they have a summons for someone to go to civil court. But they cannot do it when they are the ones taking the action. That is criminal. The reason you have law enforcement is not to enforce civil laws. 
And for them to, to, Sam, the bottom line, I'll try to calm down. (laughs) The bottom line here is we do not have civil enforcement law enforcement officers. That's, that's crazy. And the reason they do it is because it's easier to get a case in civil court because the preponderance of evidence is such a difference, a different requirement than in criminal law. And so they're just trying to make it easier. In other, in other words, the bar is not set so high is the point. Correct. And, and and so in a civil matter, you only have to have evidence that goes a, a, a fraction above the 50-50 evidence law. So you know what we do so in that case, like though, is we use reason. civil law. We use civil law and make things civil to violate set. people's That's due process. That's what I want everybody set. to understand here. It's for collections. It's to make collections easier in asset forfeiture in going after citizens' uh, traffic cases, it makes it easier to collect the money from the citizens. That's it. But it violates due process, Sheriff. It violates the Constitution. It violates due process, absolutely. It violates the moral authority of police. So, ladies and gentlemen, the difference between criminal law and civil law is civil issues. There's not near as high of a bar or standard required for conviction, uh, et cetera. And they use that to lower the bar so that they can collect money. If the government's involved, it's criminal. Government doesn't have police officers, law enforcement officers, deal with civil events the same way. The bottom line is they're playing games, and they're moving things from criminal offenses to civil offenses because they know if you get a fully informed jury, they're going to go, you know what? I don't care if grandma paid her $77 bill or not. We're not arresting grandma for not paying her trash bill. That idea is trash. We're not doing it. But they know if they make it civil, see, all you got to do is arrest her, scare the crap out of her, and maybe nephew or somebody else pays or who knows what. But we, the people, need to come unglued with these cases. I don't mean we need to do anything violent or crazy, but we need to absolutely make our will known, which is you cannot do this. If you do, we will replace you with people who understand. Now, would she have been arrested, Sheriff, if she was white? I hate to take on this racial issue, but we must. I doubt if she was white, she would have been arrested. I don't know. Do we know the color of the officer? No, not yet. Yeah, he might might have been black also, but um, I, I wish I could say... That doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm afraid. In the, I'm afraid in this case uh, that, that you're probably correct. Um, you know, I I don't understand uh, why you and I are assailed uh, for being racist when it is absolutely not true. And we I are seeing which this color she wants. I just think this is a civil matter, and she should have never even come close to being arrested. That is that is absolutely correct. I don't care who she is. Uh, I didn't know what color she was until you said so. But uh, it, it's no one. I don't care what color any citizen is. No one should have been arrested for this. I would like this lady to come on our show. I would like to uh, tell her that she should not have been arrested and that we would like to come out there with her and train uh, local police and sheriffs uh, and city councils and, and county commissions and anybody else who would like to attend and, and come and see for yourself what how they should have been handled. You know what I want to do? I want to pay her debt in unrolled pennies. 
<laughs> well, yeah, she's probably going to get quite a bit uh, of Christmas money now uh, because of the publicity this ridiculous case is getting. Uh, this should have never happened. Uh, the police should have been protecting her. Uh, and, and Sam, I have a question here. When this mistaken officer brought her in handcuffed, where was the supervisor? Where was the supervisor who said, oh yeah, this is a good case and signed off on that report? This, this should have been stopped as soon as the corporal or the sergeant or the lieutenant got wind of this and, and gone to the officers. You didn't really arrest this woman. You know, how, how did she get out, Sam? Was she written a ticket and released? Then she should have been, the, she should have been given that ticket at her home, not hauled off to jail. And right. judges I don't have every detail of the story because it didn't say, but I'm going to dig into it and find out more. I'm just telling well, you, it I brings up the question her. of civil law. Go ahead. Yes. No, I want to talk to her and the officer uh, and, and get some uh, training there. But, yes, there's there's more to this story. However, I the bottom line is just what you said, Sam. This lady should have never been close to being arrested by a peace officer who has sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. And, let, Sheriff, let me kind of highlight this. You know, the cops are being unjustly beat up all over the country uh, to the point where, you know what, people say, I back the blue and all this kind of stuff. In my opinion, this is where police officers need to stand up and say this can't happen anymore. And I think a quick apology, and take ownership of it, a move on, yes. we'll never let this happen again, uh, can go a yes. long way. What our goal is to to create trust between we the people and the citizen or the citizens, we the people and the police officers. Um, we could really make a difference and use these cases to improve relations, not continue as the mainstream press is doing to create divide yeah. and mistrust. This is an opportunity, Sheriff, for us to really educate and to really own this and say, you know what? We are so sorry. I don't know how this happened. It will never happen again. Uh, if it happens again, you know what? People will be fired over this. We demand due process. We don't care if someone's black or white, old or young. We are not going to take these civil cases and start arresting people. We're going to find other ways. And if they would do this, we could build so much trust, Sheriff. Yeah, that's absolutely correct, Sam. I, I like that perspective. And I know we're at the end of the show here, but sometimes... Things have to be corrected, and this has to be corrected. And thank you for a great show, Sam. Thank all of you, ladies and gentlemen. Become a member of the Posse and get Sheriff Mack's Supreme Court case today. CSPOA.org. Get the Posse coming up in a couple of hours. And God bless all of you from Brighteon TV.
Here we grow again. Brighton is expanding with our new daily live stream in Espanol. Anchored by hosts like Jorge Hernandez, a former Telemundo and Fox reporter, Brighton TV in Espanol is bringing over a dozen new hosts and shows to the Spanish speakers of the world who are seeking out the truth on everything. To watch, go to brighton.com, click on the Espanol live stream, and prepare to hear the truth in a whole new language. Brighton TV in Espanol. Just continues to get more and more maddening, more and more frustrating, which ignites the flame of the fire for this show to continue to fight. And Christopher Key is doing the same thing. This organization, Vaccine Police, I am proud to continue to support them, and I hope that you will too. Go to vaccine-police.com. He video documents everything as he's in the face of these hospital administrators that are killing your community members, your friends, your family, your relatives, uh, in the face of these petty tyrants on school boards, in the face of the, you know what he's doing? He's putting up billboards in major metropolitan areas, waking people up that otherwise would have no idea that these shots are dangerous and in many cases deadly. That information that Karen Kingston just brought us, that's the type of stuff that Christopher Key is sharing with the world. Please go support this organization. Go to vaccine-police.com. Look at the video documentation of everything this guy is doing. It's amazing. I applaud his efforts. He's a modern-day hero. He, There will be a statue of Christopher Key somewhere when this whole thing is over and we win this war. Please support that organization. Go to vaccine-police.com. Again, vaccine-police.com. The older we get, the less IGF is produced by our body. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake. Twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we're on Brighty on TV, the Sheriff Mack Show, the first hour simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. The TV uh, has a different clock, and so they start at zero zero and end at like fifty two after or whatever. Uh, on the radio, though, we literally start at five after and end at the bottom of the hour, the end of the hour, uh, because we, um, you know, we really try to uh, merge these two clocks when we're simulcast, and it's pretty tough. So I finish this hour, Brighty on radio with us for the rest of the hour, uh, this hour as well, and uh, hopefully we can get Brighty on radio to take our second hour of radio as well. But we talked to Sheriff Mack about what the difference is between criminal law and civil law and uh, how high the bar is set in terms of requirements of, of conviction is, is way different, etc. And they're doing it to raise money and to collect. It's wrong and it needs to stop, ladies and gentlemen. Look, if it's a civil matter, the government, the cops, the police, the law enforcement, the, whatever you want to say, should not be involved. Okay. Now, yeah, if they, we need to serve kind of a, a paper fine or whatever, but for the most part, not involved. We talked yesterday about an article called Sensible Gun Logic for the choir. 
And Terry Sanderson wrote this uh, article, and I just think it was so good. I want to kind of repeat it on the Sheriff Mack um, broadcast today because it relates to, uh, you know, things of guns and cops and police and everything else. The first one said, if gun control laws actually worked, then Chicago would be Mayberry, USA. I think that's so funny. The second one says this. The Second Amendment makes more women equal than the entire feminist movement. Isn't that great? (laughs) The third one says legal gun owners have 300 plus, I'm sorry, 300 plus million guns. Let me say that over. Legal gun owners have 300 million plus guns and probably a trillion rounds of ammo. Seriously, folks, if we were the problem, you would know it. What a brilliant, in my opinion, breakdown of uh, reality in, in America today, right? It's called co- common sense gun logic uh, is what it's from. And it really, in my opinion, matters, right? All right. It's sad, but I want to highlight this, too, before the end of the hour. Turns out, folks, that the House Republican Conference voted last Wednesday <clears throat> to continue including earmarks in spending bills as they further view the Tea Party in the rearview mirror in the Republican Party. This is a sad tale, folks. These earmarks are awful. Here's what an earmark is in, in a summary. Somebody puts a bill together that's a common sense good bill, but then everybody has the ability to add to the bill or whatever, so they start adding unrelated fundings for their given area it's time to bring home the bacon for your state etc it is wrong folks earmarks need to stop we had them stopped once but they've just come back and the republicans voted to keep them so when you hear that the republicans are you know they're going to take power it's going to be way different than the democrats and we're gonna i don't see it folks they're already starting and saying earmarks are fine. Let's let everybody just go ahead and file. Let's go ahead and let everybody just go back and file so that they can go ahead and get their own slice of the pie. It's wrong. It needs to stop. Shame. Shame. Shame on all you Republicans. What a disgrace. All right. Hour one in the can. If you want to see it, brighteon.com, the archives and video for the Sheriff Mac Show. If you want to listen to the audio, libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Donate. Every penny you give us will help us grow our presence in the media. And tell the tale at cspoa.org. Hour one of the can. Hour two coming up. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for December the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances, brilliant, put in place by the founding fathers and one of the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. Last, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lloyd Brunson with me, one of the three Brunson brothers. They all three filed lawsuits. Not about election fraud, ladies and gentlemen, like everybody else has done. No, their cases are way different. Their cases started out identical. And the goal was to say, look, folks, by law, when Congress has evidence of election problems, they have a window in which they need to investigate. The people asked for it. Uh, Congressional members asked for that. They got shut down and ignored. And the lawsuit simply says, you know what? You didn't follow the law. You need to provide um, this review, this investigation, and you simply did not. Therefore, all who backed the investigation are fine. Those who did not have been sued. Loy, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Is that summary accurate? That's pretty accurate, Sam. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. All right. Now, the three cases, and, and I'm going through some of these details because a lot of people are getting a lot of false information. They're getting confused, and I wanted to have you back to clarify. The three cases started out the same, but as they twist and turn through the courts, they turn out differently, and they have different statuses now, right? Yeah, that's right. That's basically right. The third case is actually we sued two federal courts that were blocking the original case where I was the plaintiff. And that's still alive. My case is still alive. And after suing them, they unblocked it and issued summonses. So, All right. The other case, is that the Supreme Court case now? Yeah, yeah. so we have two cases that are alive. They're identical. The Supreme Court case that's live shows my brother, Roland J. Brunson, as petitioner. I just want to mention real quick that people don't know the difference, it seems. And it's not their fault, the difference between a hearing and conference. Okay, it's already passed through quite a few uh, gates to get where it is. It's scheduled for conference, as people know, January 6th. It's reflected in the docket. What the conference is on January 6th is a vote. It's where the nine justices actually vote. They are by themselves because they don't allow any of the litigants in. They don't allow representation from either side. They go ahead without that and talk about it, discuss it, have a conference, and then they take a vote of nine. Okay, out of the vote of nine, all we need are four votes to move this forward to a full-blown hearing where the litigants argue in front of the justices, answer questions from the justices, and then the justices make a final uh, decision executing the case. Now, because this has been characterized as a national emergency case, anything could happen behind closed doors. They could decide to seal all the activities leading up to the date of conference. And I, in my opinion, I believe it could be completely adjudicated before the conference date. Now, because of the Rule 11 emergency status that it has, they can completely adjudicate. In other words, they can completely judge and execute the full complaint. Normally, a Supreme Court case would be upholding a ruling or reversing a ruling. This is totally different. This is an emergency so they can completely adjudicate and execute the full complaint with its six causes of action and its release. 
I hope that's clear. Yes, it is. Now, I want to understand, then, what are the choices that they have here on January 6th, then? Do they have a lot of latitude? They either vote to continue or vote to shut it they, down? They can, they can completely adjudicate, judge, and, and execute the whole case before them because it's a national emergency. But typically, typically what happens normally is January 6th, the nine justices would get together without any interference from any of the litigants, okay? Now, the 23rd of November, the Solicitor General came on board and relieved all of the U.S. attorneys that were representing the defendants. So on, the, on November 23rd, she signed a waiver waiving their right to do anything to stop it from moving to conference and moving out of conference. So they waived their right to do that. So that was a big win. We were pretty excited about that. You can go to SupremeCourt.gov and, and see that, but you can also go to 7discoveries.com where we're keeping everyone updated. 7discoveries.com, click on History and Update, and we have the whole timeline of all three cases right from the get-go. That's 7discoveries.com. Now, uh, people don't understand this either, Lloyd, and I want to bring this up. If the three cases were identical at the start, and you're no, not three just... were identical. No, okay. no, no, no. My case started and then got stopped by two federal courts, the Federal Court of Utah and the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. So we took those two courts as defendants. They were defendants. We sued two courts in state court. That's the third case. And after we did that, they unblocked my case. We were suing those two courts because they were blocking my case, wouldn't let me file it. So after suing them in state court, they not only unblocked it, but they filed it for us. And they also ordered the U.S. They also ordered the uh, clerk of the court to issue 388 summonses for us to use to serve the 388 defendants. And that case is still alive and well in federal court waiting for a decision. And we will move that forward as soon as we feel like the focus on this petition for writ of certiorari in the U.S. Supreme Court is to the point where we need to execute and move forward our second case, which is identical. All right, so what happens uh, if they basically turn this down on January 6th uh, and the second identical case? Does it go different places? If they Why turn do it down, there's outcome? a special place. If they, if they turn it down, okay, there's another little interesting element to this, and that is uh, Katanya Jackson Brown was appointed by Biden. Okay, she's a justice, so she really should recuse herself from conference. And all we need is a minority, then the highest minority. So if she recused herself, all we need would be is three justices. As far as I understand, I'm not an attorney, so three justices to move this forward. If they don't move this forward, there's a special place in hell for people like this, and it's the bottomless pit. Because this is about the Constitution, it's about America's freedom, and it's a beacon to the world that we, the people, have unalienable rights, and we have a right to due process, and we're fighting against their immunity claims, which are completely unconstitutional. So this could open up the floodgates. We have not been able to, through the courts, exercise our right of petition for grievances, and that's the Achilles heel. That's the reason we have problems with our representatives is because they have immunity, and the attorneys and law firms believe they do. So we're challenged the constitutionality of that. Article 6 of the Constitution demands that the oath be binding. 
with their immunity, they're getting by and they're violating Article 6. So it's a constitutional issue, and the success of this case will strike down immunity right down to the local level. And so then I think what we'll have is politicians that are dishonest will run and flee like rats when the lights are turned on. No one will run for public office except those who are willing to lay down their lives for freedom and liberty. So we're pretty jazzed about this. Maybe you can tell. Amen to that, as you should be. One of the headlines I saw on one of your sites says this, Brunson Bros drain the swamp. And that's really what this uh, is about. It really highlights what Absolutely. we're trying to do here. Absolutely. And if Trump hadn't put in the justices that we feel are more constitutional than the others, that some don't even know how to, just, to identify a woman, absolutely. This could not only drain the swamp, but it would be an automatic cleansing of the swamp on a daily basis. Now, if we didn't have the Trump judges there, though, your case wouldn't stand a prayer, would it? I, well, I don't know. This is very interesting. This is like a nail in the coffin for anyone who votes against it, because any justice that votes against a simple 10-day investigation, regardless of party, and votes for enforcing the Constitution by enforcing the oath of office, they have got to any reasonable thinking person would look at this as, you're a fraud, you're a fake. So we expect there to be, if they have any amount of intelligence and reasonable ability in their brains, we think all nine justices will vote in favor of this. Right now, in let's some be very capacity, clear. In some way, Voting, maybe not yeah, execute. In some way. Go ahead. And that's the point that I want to in get at. Way. They'll right. vote to move yeah. this forward most likely. Um, what a lot of people think, though, is, hey, 90% of the government's going to go away because of this case or whatever. They have a lot of latitude after they vote yes about the 10-day window of what the remedy can be, right? That's really where Absolutely. the remedy is. They have six, they have six reliefs, six causes of action, release for each one. And so they could do a number of things. If they simply said, okay, we're going to strip the immunity, we're going to strip uh, U.S. Code Title 28 and make it unlawful to have, uh, you know, there are perjury laws in California that exclude politicians when they take the oath. So they could simply make a decision without removing anyone from office saying no more immunity right down to the state level. Then the floodgates would open and the attorneys would open the doors for people to file claims in state and federal court to hold their representatives accountable with civil lawsuits. And that can't happen at all now, but it can if they ruled that. And that, that might be the way to go, where the people would just, you know, it just depends. I don't know what the justices are thinking. I just know they, the court categorized, categorized this as an emergency, uh, pushing to have it done quickly. And they even had us put stuff in there that would possibly satisfy the um, the, the counsel, who is now the United States uh, Attorney General, the U, no, the U, no, the U.S. Uh, Solicitor General, excuse me, the U.S. Solicitor General has now replaced the U.S. Attorney. All right, hang tight. Let's skip the break, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking to Lloyd Brunson. He's with the Brunson Brothers, and uh, they want a redress of grievance, folks. Seven, the number seven, discoveries.com is the website. The Brunson Bros drain the swamp there's currently two lawsuits one of them is before the supreme court now uh it'll be january the 6th in which the conference takes place now they could also come back and say we're going to take this case yes then they could come back and vote you know what this is bad they didn't do the 10 day like they should have 
Nobody goes to jail, but we really recommend Congress do the right thing. We constitutionally say that that's what they're supposed to do. We recommend they do that. They could come back with something that simple, right? Uh, they can do anything they want. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just uh, kind of a waiting game at this point. Now, people can do amicus briefs. There are organizations out there where they're uh, writing positive letters. This is a message of unity. This is, a, this, is, this is where both sides should be happy about this. This is not a partisan thing. All pe- both sides of the aisle are being sued for failing their duty to protect this against the potential, potential uh, national threat. This is a national security threat problem that needs to be sealed and fixed. Yeah, and we're not blaming it on the Russians, the Democrats, the Republicans. We're not blaming no. it on anybody. We're just simply saying, no. hey, guys, no. we've got to make sure this is clear and good for the faith and credit of the United States, for the comfort of everybody involved. Everybody should be aboard. In fact, people are filing exactly. amicus briefs now, right? Exactly. So this will ensure that we have more honest politicians. That would, And also, Glenn Beck was talking about it. Maybe you heard about that a little while ago, and he's talking about having uh, one of us on tomorrow. So with some updates. So. But, well, uh, my response but, uh, is, Glenn, I, yeah, you, I pray that you have them on. Right here. You've, got, you've got the latest right here, Sam. So. Glenn Beck, I hope you have them on tomorrow because this is critical to understand. They're not making claims of election fraud, folks. That's not the point. They're also not saying that there's criminal activity everywhere. They're merely saying, hey, there are credible claims at the level of Congress by congressmen of some concerns. Let's either clear the right. decks and make sure they're not concerns, or if they are concerns, then uh, you know what? The roadmap is clear of how we resolve those things. That's not the point of the Brentons. The point of the Brentons are we need to do our due diligence here. That's all, right? Perfectly said, Sam. It's absolutely right. You don't want a security guard. You don't want to call your security guard and say, hey, there's a guy who looks like he's got an AR-15 or something in the backyard, and you don't want him to say, well, we really haven't had any problem. We're not going to investigate it. I mean, if, you, if you're on a ship and there's a tip of an iceberg, you check it out, you see what's beneath it. You uncover it. This could, it could have uncovered as, as an extreme threat. It's like the taillight out of a car, broken. You stop, you, the policeman pulls over just to check, make sure everything's all right, and then he finds out that someone's being held hostage It's about to be murdered, right? So it went from a taillight being broken to a murder being prevented. And that's what they failed to do. The, the member, the defendants, the respondents in this case failed to investigate, failed to, to vote for a simple 10-day investigation into the claims to put it to rest, just as you explained, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what my take is on this thing. I don't know where it's going to go. I commend the Brunson brothers for doing their very best to hold our elected officials accountable accountable to do the right thing if they're credible allegations let's clear the deck and if needs be let's take further action but let's do our due diligence so i commend the brunson brothers for this action and i support it completely to all supreme court justices and to all members of congress i believe miracles still happen i believe in miracles And I believe in God we trust. And I, for one, am praying for a miracle on this, Loy, because it will restore trust in America and in our voting process. And so I am praying for a miracle on this one, sir. Well, miracles have happened up to this point. And Jesus says, you can read the signs of the weather. Why can't you read the signs of the times? And I say, look at the signs 
of this lawsuit by going to sevendiscoveries.com and looking at the miracles that appear in the in the docket and the real-time updates. There you have it. I, I, I just want to really highlight this miracles point because I believe that's how we got where we are now, and I believe that's if, we're, if this is going to be successful to make a difference, it's, it's going to be in God we trust, and it's going to be miracles that make this happen. And I would also encourage Supreme Court clerks, members of Congress, uh, staff, of congressional representatives, use your influence on this, okay? To investigate is to do the right thing. Let the chips fall where they may. We are making no allegations. We're merely saying, let's have transparency and restore trust. That is the hope, that is the miracle. Has Donald Trump spoke out about this? If there's one guy that should be adding to this and involved, it should be former President Donald Trump. Has he uh, reached out to you guys at all yet? Well, we may see that. We were in Mar-a-Lago over the weekend. I was anyway, and we had some great experiences there. We'll just, just uh, the, the prayers are being heard. Things are happening. So fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're in for some exciting and a happy Christmas, like, uh, like President Trump said. I think we might have an incredible Christmas having to do uh, with freedom and liberty. So we'll see do you what think that, that this is a coincidence, or do you think January 6th date is significant? It can't be coincidence. It just cannot be coincidence. And we've we've talked about that and debated about it. It could it could it could be a huge sign that everything is happening. It could be like the American flag is up, and we we have taken over the corruption, and you know we're headed for some some great changes in this country. So. It's just we're still scratching our heads over that. When we're scratching our heads over the U.S. attorneys being relieved on the deadline that they're supposed to file an opposition, relieved by a, the solicitor general who waives their last right to oppose, to fight this petition until after it leaves conference. So they, the, the, the solicitor general cleared the way for a conference to happen. She could have stopped it. She could have stopped the, She could have prevented the January 6th date, but she signed a waiver. And so bless that woman. I don't care what her political uh, you know, uh, background is. We don't care is. what race. We don't right care political affiliation. Good for right. her on all counts. Right. And, I, and that could be interpreted as just such. She might be interviewed and say, hey, this isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about I want honest representatives. I want honest Democrat representatives. Okay. So she did the right thing. We don't know what her motivation was, but it was a huge breakthrough. The United States Solicitor General signing a waiver on the deadline of them being able to fight against this and not asking for an extension. That's huge. Now we have a January 6th date that could be uh, spectacular. What can we the people do at this point now besides watch and hope and pray? Go to 7discoveries.com, make a dollar donation, one dollar. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you're listening. Let us know you support this in a positive way. And we're going to post things on the website, ideas where you can sign, send a postcard with a simple keep your oath. We're praying you keep your oath. We're praying you, you, uh, you make the oath of office binding. That would be a simple, simple and wonderful thing to do. And they could just send it to the Supreme Court as a friend of the court. And talk to your friends that oppose you politically and say, we've got some common ground here. You want honest Democrat representatives. We want honest Republican representatives. This will make them both honest. Let's come together and celebrate this a little bit and get behind it. 
Amen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Brunson brothers are also musicians. They play trumpets and they play so well. How do people learn more about your music? Just a side note really quick before we let you fly. I think you can go to the website. We might have something there, but you can look for Brunson Brothers History on YouTube. Brunson Brothers History, and that has a lot of national television stuff to watch about the Brunson Brothers. All right, sir. We know you're busy. you got to fly. You're traveling. Uh, we sure appreciate you. We'll keep up to date on this, and we're praying for you, brother. Great. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for the opportunity. Lloyd Brunson doing a great job as always. Look, folks, this is serious. Uh, I don't even know what exactly to focus on with this thing because there's so many. This is uncharted, unprecedented situation we're in right now. I have never seen a case take so many twists and turns on one hand. On the other hand, skip all the roadblocks that usually are in place for them to go to the Supreme Court. It's incredible. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to make promises of that. You know what? Everybody's you know, going to jail or everybody's going to be leaving their office and we got to, you know, redo government or reelect people or whatever. I don't know. My gut is that we're going to have success to some degree. My gut is, though, that we're not going to be able to replace uh, or overturn the elections of all these people that were derelict in their duty. The question becomes, what will the judges make as punishment, even if they get that far? Uh, and I don't believe that they will they will reelect, you know, 400, whatever, 300-something people. And I, I just don't know that they'll go that far. I wish they would. I hope they do what Loy pointed to, which is open the floodgates and say, look, you cannot get personal, <laughs> the equivalent of, of diplomatic immunity here. You cannot waive this idea that you're under the penalty of perjury. Just because you serve in office, that doesn't give you carte blanche ability to do whatever you want to. That doesn't give you that. You know what? When you act on your own or act outside the law, you are an average Joe. It's not in your duty. It's not in your oath. It's it's in your personal behavior or actions. And so I pray that they go there. That way they wouldn't dismiss a bunch of people and make it all crazy and pandemonium where people are saying, let's get rid of the Constitution or weird stuff like that. It would be more of a look, Americans, you can reelect somebody if you don't like how your congressman or senator blocked this 10-day investigation. Uh, you know what? Vote them out of office for that, people. And so they leave that to the election cycle. But then they do the investigation and they clean up election fraud. And they do open up the floodgates to say, look, when you're acting outside of your oath, when you say we're going to block this investigation, you're wrong. And you know what? You can be opened up. You know, maybe even we say um, not currently for the past, but going forward, you're opened up to libel and slander on this. Or you're open up to liability where you cannot just have this um, penalty of perjury stuff waived because you're an elected official. That works maybe in your office to protect you. Otherwise, everybody would be afraid to serve, right, to some degree. Uh, but I get it. I, all I'm telling you is when you act personally, though, you've now left your oath of office. You've left your responsibility from your job, and you're on your own, and we're going to treat it as such. Because I believe that can make the biggest difference without rocking the boat. Each case could progress as it would. You'd debate the merits of the case. Each person accused would be able to face his accuser or her accuser. They'd be able to have due process of law to really determine whether they acted within their scope and oath or whether they acted outside the law, et cetera, acted personally, et cetera. And you would vet them case by case by case. And you say, well, there's going to be too many of them, Sam. It's going to get crazy. Maybe so, maybe not. Oftentimes when you get too many cases like this, uh, you end up with a few trend setting or press precedent setting 
uh, cases that kind of set the parameters of where the court's likely to go on some of these things. Uh, anyway, I commend Loy and his brothers. And I will say this, when people don't stand up, there's nothing good that happens at all, right? But when the Brenton brothers stand up, drain the swamp. <laughs> I really feel, ladies and gentlemen, I really feel like this is an option for us. Anyway, there you have it. I'll be right back. Got a, a lot of hard-hitting news tonight. We refuse to use straight ahead. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. North Korea continues its aggression towards South Korea. Katie Lewis from our Midwest Bureau reports. North Korea continues to take aim at the ocean. The isolated communist state fired more than 80 artillery shells into the sea over an eight and a half hour period today, a response to ongoing South Korean military drills across the border. This a day after North Korea fired more than 100 shells into the water. Some landed in a buffer zone between the two Koreas and the South is calling that a violation of a 2018 agreement. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. The federal government has delayed its enforcement of real ID by two years, giving Americans more time to get ID cards that comply with security requirements. DHS announced the full enforcement days was pushed from May of 2023 to May of 2025. It's election day again in Georgia, and the final Senate seat will be determined between Republican Herschel Walker and Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock. The justice of the peace before we could change our minds. We're a little bit crazy, aren't we? Yeah, she's a whole lot crazy, and I'm not at all. That averages out to just a little. Two-time Emmy-winning actress of the sitcom Cheers and the comedy Veronica's Closet, Kirstie Alley has died. She was 71. Her passing was announced Monday night by her children. President Biden is planning a trip to Mexico City next month for his first scheduled foreign trip of 2023. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is also expected to attend the North American Leaders Summit, sometimes known as the Three Amigos Summit. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Paid for by government.com. Have you heard? A recent stash of 1904 Morgan silver dollar coins has been found. These gorgeous 1904 O silver dollar coins are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck. This is a key date for silver dollar collectors, and only a limited quantity are available. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone interested in silver coins. Just call government at 1 800 222 1975, and you are guaranteed a mint condition 1904 O Morgan silver dollar featuring the iconic O mint mark of the New Orleans mint. The final year of production but with limited quantity you must call now these 1904 o silver coins are still in uncirculated condition that is 117 years of history you can hold in your hand to learn more call 1-800-222-1975 call now and you'll receive a free american coin collector's bonus package a 25 dollars value free with every order call 1-800-222-1975 now to secure your 1904 o morgan silver dollars before they sell out that's 1-800-222-1975 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got a shocking story for you. It's Beijing, China. But sadly, what happens in China eventually occurs in the United States. We follow their communist lead, sad to say, but true. There's an article in the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, and the headline says this, Beijing's eye always trails protesters. The story is by Paul Moser, Claire Fu, and Amy Chang. Chen, I guess it is. Amy Chang Chen, sorry. <laughs> it's in the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, here's what it basically says. After a weekend of protests, the authorities in China are using the country's, quote, all-seeing surveillance apparatus to find those bold enough to, quote, defy them. That's the headline of the story and the subline. Now, it talks about this gentleman. It says on Sunday, um, MR or Mr. Zhang, I think is how you say him, Zhang. Anyway, Mr. Zhang, he went to, quote, protest China's strict COVID policies in Beijing. And he thought he came prepared to go undetected, they say. Whatever that means, right? It's scary. He thought he came undetected. But he wore a, I don't know how you say this, Dalaklava and goggles to cover his face. When it seemed that the police officers were following him, he ducked into the bushes, changed into a new jacket. So he lost his tail, which means he got rid of the guys that were following him, right? But that night when Mr. Zhang, who's in his 20s, returned home without being arrested, he thought he was in the clear. No, sir. The police called the next day. They knew he had been out because they were able to detect that his cell phone had been in the area of the protests, folks. Think about that for a minute. Remember how the Attorney General and others mocked Catherine Engelbrecht, mocked Greg Phillips over at True the Vote, mocked the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, mocked Dinesh D'Souza, creator of the incredible movie 2000 Mules. If you haven't seen it, you must see it now. And they said, look, those cell phones can't determine that kind of stuff. It doesn't work that way. Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips are ignorant. They don't really know what they're talking about. And they mocked and mocked. And I said, oh, I'm an IT guy, ladies and gentlemen. Don't tell me that it can't work like that. It can and it does. And then remember I showed you other stories proving they admit in other cases where they were literally tracking a criminal that went to a government school to try to, you know, kidnap a little girl or whatever, how they then were able to arrest him because they knew where his cell phone was. And I highlighted that story back in the day. Remember all that? Now Beijing's 
eye always trails protesters highlights this reality. He never told them where he lived either, but they knocked on his door. Similar stories are being told by Chinese protesters across the country. As the authorities track and intimidate, it's crazy. Interviews with those targeted and human rights groups following these cases are documenting it. As the authorities seek to track these people, I'm hesitating because I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this well enough. As the authorities seek to track and intimidate those who, quote, march in defiance of the government's strict COVID policies last weekend, they are turning to incredibly powerful tools of surveillance. The state has spent the past decade plus building for moments like this, when parts of the population turn out and question the authority of the, quote, ruling Chinese Communist Party. Think about that, folks. Now, you say, well, that's China, Sam. I know it's scary, but it's China. It's not the United States. My response is, are you sure? Let me say that again very clearly, very boldly, very directly. Are you sure that it's in communist China, not in the United States? Because I've reported to you over the last couple of weeks that they've created Chinese police stations in New York now and have delegated these Chinese police, whatever you want to call them, uh, across the world into many nations now. Now, some are debating, well, they're not quite police stations, Sam. They only deal with Chinese nationals. They only deal with this. They only deal with that. And my response is, that's how it always starts. Remember they came for the Jews, but I wasn't a Jew? You remember they came for the, but I wasn't the, and when they came for me, there was nobody? Let that settle firmly in your heart, your mind, your conscience, your psyche, and say, are you comfortable now? Let me add insult to injury, if I might. Police have used faces, phones, and informants to identify those who attended protests. You comfortable now? I thought they couldn't use phones. Isn't that what they lied to us and said? Usually, they force those they track down to pledge not to protest again. Often, inexperienced with being tracked, protesters usually complain about how they were found out of, and they have fear of further repercussion. So many of them delete foreign apps like Telegram and other things to try to um, deal with this, right? They say if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide. Do you believe that, folks? Yeah, a lot of people are just baffled that they've been found out. I'm concerned about this, folks. Let me tell you why. Let me throw in the zinger now, shall I? So far, this has been about China. 
But if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide, is what they say. But the interrogations may shape that outlook, they say now, right? Think about that. If you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide. Well, then why would you be interrogated? Well, let's now compare this to January the 6th. A lot of people were there. Hundreds of thousands. A lot of people were protesting. Peacefully so. A lot of people went into the Capitol not realizing they were not allowed to be there and or being pushed into the Capitol. And if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide. Just because I went to the Capitol, that doesn't mean I did something wrong, especially if I didn't realize I should be there. But you compare the Alex Jones case. You compare the FBI spying on all of us and shutting down our media accounts. All right. A lot of times people believe, hey, it's censorship. It's no big deal. Others are saying, well, wait a minute, how did I get caught? What's up with this? Well, we're talking about the same technology being used on January 6th. We knew you were in the Capitol. Your cell phone showed us you were in the Capitol. We knew you were in the Capitol. So-and-so testified that you were there. We knew you were in the Capitol. We had surveillance and video showing you were there. We have Facebook posts or Twitter posts or Gab or any other social media post showing that you were there. Let me take this, say this again. The police have used faces, phones, and informants to identify those who identify as those who are involved in the protests. This exact reality, but to a lesser in your face way, is happening in America now. You can say it isn't true. Tell me it isn't so, Sam. Tell me it isn't so. It is so, ladies and gentlemen, and you are naive to believe it is not so. It is the first time the surveillance state has used these capabilities at large numbers of middle-class people in China. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The all-seeing surveillance apparatus is being used in the communist nation of China and parallel being used in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Times is willing to document the abuse by China because remember it's thousands of miles away and everybody knows it's a communist government. It's pretty easy to kind of, you know, level the charges at the communist Chinese. But oh, would the New York Times highlight the parallel reality that I'm highlighting? FBI, listen up. You don't need to be secret or anything else. You can download my archives at libertyroundtable.com. Go ahead and download them and listen liberally and understand what I'm saying very clear. There's no secrets. If you want to come to my door, uh, we'll talk. But you shouldn't need to come to my door because I'm highlighting what you people are doing through the FBI, Homeland Security, uh, uh, the CIA. Uh, I mean, I could name you know agency after agency, Secret Service. I could go on and on and on. And you're doing the exact same thing. When it says Beijing's eye always trails protesters, you're doing the same thing. You had Charlottesville, and then on the back of that, you had January the 6th. Both of them, I believe, are government provocateur cooperation agendas. And before, if I would have told you the FBI spying on all your media and shutting down accounts and promoting Hunter Joe Biden to the presidency while shutting down the Donald, you would have laughed at me and said, Sam, you're crazy. But now it's all documented in court. It's all brought out through the Twitter uh, archives or the Twitter files. It's all coming to light just like we told you that it did and would. I'm prepared to take a next step. And you would say, oh, Sam makes these next claims without evidence. And my response is, oh, yeah, a lot of claims we make or have enough evidence for probable cause, but then when we dig in, we find out that it's worse than we even thought it was. So I submit to you that the United States, all-seeing eye, is following protesters, okay? This Mr. Jang guy just went to protest, and he tried to get undetected, but they found him anyway. How? He thought he was in the clear, but they called him the next day. They were unable to detect that his phone was in the area. As authorities seek to track, intimidate, and detain. Isn't that what's happening to the folks that went to Charlottesville? Isn't that what's happening to the people that went to January the 6th? They were tracked, they are intimidated, and they are detained. For those who, quote, march or peacefully protest in defiance of the United States government's, well, it's not really strict COVID stuff for us. What is it? Election issues. Police have used faces, phones, 
and affirmance to identify those who have attended protests. Is that any different in America? Charlottesville, January the 6th. They say if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to hide. But what about even Simone Gold, who went into the Capitol as a doctor and said, you know what, this is wrong. We need truth on COVID and we need truth on elections. And she got arrested and went to jail. Is this the first time the surveillance state has been directed squarely at large numbers of middle-class people, it says in China, but I would add in America, from our affluent cities? Huh? Does this apply to America as much as it does China? While many have experience with censorship, isn't that true for us too? Huh? And now this week they have proved they can sometimes get around the censorship, right? But a police visit at home is, well, used to be less common, but it's certainly more intimidating when you hear stories of police turning up on people's doorsteps, asking them, where was your whereabouts during January 6th, during Charlottesville? It appears to be based on the evidence, folks, gathered through mass surveillance, right? Now, Amnesty International is speaking about this in relation to the communist Chinese. But I submit to you that it's at home. It's in America just the same. It's just not documented as well by the New York Times or somebody else. It's only documented by somebody like Sam Bushman. Your reporter that Twitter says lied when it turns out that I told the truth. Uh, when I bring this up, they say, oh, he's a conspiracy nut. Oh, he thinks the sheriff is a god and can do whatever he wants to. Oh, he thinks this. He believes that. He, Oh, he's a racist. He's a, And they go on and on and on and on to ad nauseum, right? But in the end, it proves that I'm right. This isn't something that I just made up. You tell me if the parallels between Charlottesville and January the 6th compared to Tiananmen Square in 1989 and to what just happened in China recently over COVID protests. Now you say, Sam, come on, how dare you make those comparisons? The communists cracked down in 89. Charlottesville was nothing of the sort. It wasn't near as big. It wasn't near the crackdown. It wasn't near government. In that case, people beat each other up from the liberal to the conservative side. and Cops tried to keep the peace. And Okay, that's where you're now wrong and lying to me. I agree that you can't compare 1989 Tiananmen Square to what happened at Charlottesville in terms of the violence. But I'm telling you, the government was involved in both of them. Don't you believe for a second it's not true. Even Donald Trump said there were good guys and bad guys on both sides of that fiasco. And they, the government in bed with the media, literally slaughtered Donald over that. They said, oh my gosh, I can't believe racist Donald is saying such things. Well, the fact is, President Donald Trump was right. They were wrong, and it was, and the cops knew full well that it would spark off a brawl, giving them reason to crack down. The people that were there, the conservatives that were there, some would call them the white supremacists, I disagree. Most of them were there to go ahead and protest the statues being taken down and stand for our historical relevance in America, stand for our symbols. And okay, They asked for a permit and got one. 
the other people came and did nothing but cause trouble. And then in the end of the day, the media, along with the government, managed to blame it on the conservatives and Antifa, Black Lives Matter, um, all these other, you know, the, the apostles or whatever other kind of gang groups and whatever. They were all agitating for violence and they got it. And the government coaxed it into occurring. They didn't create appropriate separations between the crowds, between the protesters. They did none of that. But it all got blamed on the conservatives. Wow, Charlottesville, the white supremacist march that will go down in infamy in history. I submit to you that it's like Tiananmen Square. Is it as big? No. But this is America, remember. What about, uh, or that was Charlottesville. What about January the 6th? Folks, that turned out violent where the government was literally lobbing incendiary devices into the crowds. That's where police got hurt. Individuals got hurt. The Oath Keepers were trying to help police officers to safety. There's video of it. You got the government narrative side of the story that rolled out on government TV via the Democrats. And then you have the Epic Times January 6th video where we see our side of the story or the truth or whatever word you want to use for it, right? And you decide who's telling the truth. I submit to you that, again, like Donald Trump said in the past, both sides have some validity. Both sides have some concern, but what we know is the government in January 6th is not holding those responsible accountable. Ray Epps and others, the government won't even tell you if they worked for the government or if they were on assignment from government or in cooperation with the government. The government can't talk about any of that. Well, just like the FBI and Homeland Security and the CIA and all these people, ladies and gentlemen, were involved in social media manipulation, lies, censoring, Free speech violations, I believe they set the stage for Charlottesville, and I believe they set the stage for January the 6th. And governments have been involved in all the protests across the country. When the liberals do it, no harm, no foul. Donald Trump offered to go help out Seattle, Washington, uh, when they had that city created right in the middle of their town, whatever you want to call it, or a town right in the middle of their city, whatever, called Chaz or whatever it was called. And there wasn't really any real blowback. But the January 6th people got smashed. The Charlottesville people got smashed. And I'm telling you right now, you can say that I make these claims without evidence. I'm entitled to my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that. This is America, not China. I am not. Well, wait a minute. This is America, not China. Mm, The same things are happening in both countries. Maybe this is the American China. Maybe this is... uh, I don't know, but this is the first time Charlottesville and now on January 6th at an ever-increasing way that the, quote, surveillance state has been directed squarely at large numbers of middle-class people in America also. (laughs) Where do we go from here? What do we do about it? What are the solutions? The answer, ladies and gentlemen, lies in educating the American people so that we can elect people who are good. You say, Sam, the elections are full of fraud. I know. But at the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, we're going to be releasing a 10-point solutions for this. And you say, Sam, we're so far away, we can, we can never implement those 10 points that you make. I understand. Uh, and you're right, unless we get enough Americans to decide to stand up, we will not have success. Our system is designed to protect us from the few who would assert themselves at the expense of the many. That is a double-edged sword. It's good when the bad guys are trying to ruin the country. It's bad when we're trying to restore it. I get it. 
I also get that the system is designed to protect us. They have one slice at a time. What do you call it? Slice at a time incremental. That's what they've done to destroy us, and that's what we must do to get it back. Okay? We've got a long road to hoe, folks. Right? We have a lot of work to do. I don't know if you know, but the Judicial Watch, a watchdog group, filed a lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, on November 22nd after. It failed to um, complete the Freedom of Information Act request um, related to communication records regarding alleged online censorship during the 2020 presidential election. The watchdog group was seeking communications between the Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency. That's a DHS subdivision. All right, we know that Americans have been censored. They say we've had these disclosures that federal agencies, especially the DHS, have been working to censor Americans either directly and or indirectly. Judicial Watch told the Daily Caller News Foundation. Anyway, the bottom line is there's these federal frauds, there's these problems, and we want to get to the bottom of them, say Judicial Watch. Now, I don't know that we'll have any real answers in the courts. Judicial Watch has been out there doing this forever, and I really don't see any real solutions or answers uh, oftentimes. But my point is, we have got to keep working on it, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to keep at it, okay? When they, when they deny FOIA requests, when they deny our access to information, we must stand up. Two hours in the can. By the way, if you want to join us at the CSPOA, become a member today, CSPOA.org, and you can join our webinar, our posse, where we are on Zoom, and you can... Um, chat in and talk to us and communicate and get your questions answered and your comments brought forth, etc. It's tremendous. CSPOI.org. Check that out. For LovingLiberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.